Well, welcome to another Scotland's Choice podcast. No Westminster Roundup this week because we're on parliamentary recess, which means we're all back in constituencies, doing bits and pieces and going around to see people meet with organisations and all the rest. And while we're doing that, we get the opportunity sometimes to get visitors into our constituency. And one that I have today, somebody who's been on the podcast before, is quite an important person in terms of the SNP. And if he'd like to introduce himself... Yes, uh, there is Stephen Flynn here, uh, SNP MP for, for Aberdeen South and obviously the, the SNP's leader uh, at Westminster, a, a position I'm very privileged to hold and it's it's good to be here in, in, in Inverness. You know, we've had a, a very interesting day talking about Scotland's renewable potential, uh, talking about the potential for, for Inverness Port and the opportunities that sit there thanks to the successful uh, green Freeport bid, of course, uh, coming from Aberdeen, it's bittersweet because we didn't we didn't <laughs> quite get it. But uh, you know, the opportunities uh, from what's to come from Scotland's uh, renewable resources is huge, uh, and it needs to be all around the country. And the Highlands has got to to benefit in a way which it perhaps hasn't in the past. Uh, I think that can be a good thing for for this city, and this this region, uh, and it's something I'm excited about, as I know you are as well. And I can tell you're excited. Welcome to uh, the podcast, and of course, welcome to Inverness as well. It's great to have you here. You were talking there about the opportunities, and I think we shouldn't underestimate the Scotland-wide opportunity that's being generated here in the Highlands. But it's not just in the Highlands, it's off in the waters around uh, Scotland. It's an incredibly energy-rich uh country and there is so much more that we could be uh, we could be doing here yeah no I, absolutely and it's something that, that as you know I, I like to talk about uh, and talk about quite proudly because we've got we've got a really important and exciting story to tell in terms of what we've already done uh, of course Scotland's in that enviable position where 60 70 80 percent of our our electricity um, comes from net zero sources already and we're only just getting started. You know, 20 gigawatts of Scotland. We've got tidal, we've got wave, we've got hydro, we've got onshore wind, offshore wind. We've got green hydrogen to come. We've got CCS in the northeast of Scotland. It's it's phenomenally exciting, and the opportunities are, are are boundless. And we need to just make sure that, that we harness those opportunities, uh, the skills, the jobs that come with that here here in Scotland. I know the Scottish government's uh, very keen to to make that happen. Of course, today. Uh, Hamza Yusuf's made a, an announcement in terms of the, the Just Transition Fund um, and the Scottish National Investment Bank uh, teaming up to to really deliver and drive home that that Just Transition for the North East of Scotland, something which is very close to, to my heart. And, and you know, it's, it's an exciting time to, to be talking about energy. Um, but whilst it is obviously an exciting time to be talking about it, we need to be, we need to be realistic as well yeah. because the, the UK government just cut um, the, the renewables budget by 30%. Cut the budget for tidal in half. Scotland's, Scotland's horizons are, are much, much, much more important than the, the, the stature that's being given to them by, by Westminster governments at the moment. And, and we can't wait around for, for the Tories or indeed the Labour Party to, to make the mistakes of the past. We need to, to grasp well, the to opportunities for mistakes. ourselves. Well, indeed, to repeat those mistakes yeah, that they were making. So it, it's an interesting time to be talking about renewable energy potential because we saw the Scottish Government report come out yesterday on renewable energy mm-hmm. saying that in last year, in 2022, we generated enough renewable electricity uh, to power all of the homes in Scotland for yeah. three and a half years. And yet we're, we're paying more for electricity and we're saddled to a Westminster that is absolutely hell-bent 
on wasting our money on new nuclear. Yeah, and this is the, you've kind of got to the nub of, of the issue for the, for the public because the public know that Scotland's energy rich, it's not just energy rich in terms of its renewable resource, it's energy rich in terms of its, its oil and gas as well. We produce six times more gas than we consume and yet in households right across Scotland, right across Inverness, Aberdeen and, and indeed the rest of the country, folk are struggling to, to turn their heating on or they're struggling to turn their, their telly on. And that's, that, that's absurd. It's absurd in any modern nation, but it's particularly absurd in an energy rich nation like ours. So people are living in, in fuel poverty and, and they're worried about these things. Mm -hmm. And it's shown that over decades, Westminster policies have not worked. They've left us at, at the mercy of, of factors that, that we can't control. And that's of course, in stark contrast to the, to the likes of, likes of Norway. Um, you, you share my frustrations <laughs> in, in these regards, and I'm sure, sure your listeners do too. And that's, that's where we, we can't afford to, to repeat the, the mistakes of the past. But the yeah. only way to avoid us repeating the mistakes of the past is to, to have full control over these things. And neither the Labour Party or the Conservative Party are offering that to, to, to Scotland. And that's, that's where we need to be, be loud and proud about the opportunities that we have, the resources that we have, and how we can how we can use them to, to benefit people. Um, and that, that opportunity to benefit people here with, with jobs, but in meeting their, their energy bills as well is, is so important. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I want to uh, turn to the other reason you're in Inverness, and that's to talk to SNP members. You're going to the Spectrum Centre here in the yeah. heart of Inverness uh, tonight. It, it's a time of change. I mean, you're a new Westminster leader. We now have a new... Uh, party leader, new first minister. Um, what message are you taking to members when you're speaking to them, going around the country? Because this isn't the first one of these you've done. You've done quite a few, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been a uh, it's it's probably the one of the things I have enjoyed the most over the course of recent weeks and months is the the ability to speak to to hundreds of, of party members and from from Fife to to, to Renfrew, from Stirling to to Edinburgh. I've had the good fortune of lots of folk turning out to, to hear what, what myself and, and colleagues have, have had to say. And, you know, there's been some really interesting questions from people about where we, where we go, because there's obviously been a period of, of, of difficulty for the party. Like we're not used to quite open public challenge um, amongst ourselves. And, you know, perhaps at certain points that challenge went, went a little bit too far, but you know, what, what defines the, the SNP is the ability to disagree without being disagreeable. And, you know, we've got a, a new leadership team in place. I'm really impressed with the, the start that Hums has made, that investment into the cost mm -hmm. of living crisis, the, the, the desire to, to help families get, get through it, the, the visit to, to Aberdeen today to put the just transition. Don't forget uh, dropped in at the deep end at first minister's questions yeah, and wiped the floor with yeah. uh, Douglas Ross. And, and, he, and he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, but what I've been saying to folk in the, in the last week or so is you know, one of the defining things last Monday I thought was the fact that Hamza's speech was so impressive. He he really told the story of of where he is coming from and he'll, where he wants Scotland mm. to, to be and how he expects us to get there. That international European country, he wants to see us come with, with fairness and equity uh, it's very, very hard. I thought that was brilliant. But what was also equally important from my perspective, and I've got great admiration for her in, in this regard, was what Kate said immediately afterwards yeah. on, on STV, where she, she made that, that clear statement that she was fully behind Hamza. Uh, and that 
call that necessity for for part of unity going forward is is so important. We can't have teams. We can't have this. Well, we can have disparate views, but we can't have Team Kate, Team Ash, Team mm. Team Humza. It's got to be Team SNP, mm. and that's that's not just what party members would expect from us. It's what the public Indeed. would expect from us because we're we're a party of government. Um, they want to see us delivering for them. We've delivered exceptionally well over so many years now, and I've got no doubt that, that Humza and his team will be fully focused on taking that to, to the next level, and I'm quite excited about that. Mm-hmm. And and of course, there's a new ministerial uh, team as well. The, you know, the, the, there'll be some changes there. There'll be a, a lot of different things that'll be coming in. They'll be taking a fresh look at all these portfolios now uh, to see what they can add to the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm genuinely excited about some of the folks uh, that Humza's uh, included around that, that top table, you know, to see to see the likes of Neil Gray, who we we both know yes, know well from the time, time in Westminster. Yeah, yeah Neil Neil's, Neil's brilliant and very very intelligent, um, and knows knows where Scotland's economy needs to be. To, to see Marion Callan take on the the net zero portfolio, obviously something which is incredibly important to 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 both of us. To see Jenny Gorus step up into that that education role, a really demanding role that Shirley Ann has has held with some esteem for for a number of years now. You know. But these these new faces, and you know, I I get this kind of said to myself as well. Like the the party has a lot of new faces and and in senior positions, and I think that offers us the, the opportunity to to renew ourselves with with the public and to say to the public, you know, the the SNP the SNP is just getting started. Um, and we and we have a, a bunch of people now with youth and experience and leadership roles. Yeah, and it's one of the striking things I think the SNP just now is that uh, we have. You in your thirties. We have Hamza in his thirties. We have uh, Mary Black is your deputy leader, our, our deputy leader at Westminster, and she's in her twenties. Annoyingly, still in her twenties. Annoying for somebody sitting here with a few more years on the clock. Um, it, it is genuinely exciting. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. It's genuinely exciting to see what you can add now, and and indeed, indeed appeal. I think to uh, to a wider demographic now to mm-hmm. to. Um, the whole host of young people who are starting to vote and everything else like that. I think there's a real opportunity for us uh, with that, as well as appealing to some of the the more experienced voters. Shall we put it that way? Um, that we that we have. Yeah, um, and I think it's I think it's important for the, the party to to show what's able to transition in that regard and to do it well. And I think I, I think we are we are doing that. But you know, the one of the the great advantages that that I have is is the ability to to use the likes of Stuart Hosey, Angus Robertson, yourself, Shona, Nicola, and others, and, and the vast experience that that they have to to help us ensure that the pathway that, that we take is is one which is which is um, which is the best possible one for not just the party but for the the people who who live and work in, in Scotland and want to make Scotland Scotland their home for for years to come. There's, there's big challenges ahead, um, but change change excites me, and mm-hmm. I think change brings with it hope hope for a better future mm-hmm. uh, and it's now incumbent upon us to to stop talking about these things yeah. and to just just get on and do it and yeah. you know we've got a general election next year and and uh, all eyes are, are very much focused on making sure that, that we we maximize uh maximize our vote in, in the run-up to that. that that's really important you you mentioned something i just want to go back to um a, a second or two about you know having the the ability to do things one of the things that's uh that we have been able to do here is particularly in the Highlands, has welcome a lot of Ukrainian refugees um, into our community. It, here, particularly in the Highlands, we've got an entire hotel that's uh, you know, been 
used to house uh, Ukrainian uh, people. There are other, others across the highlands, there's several thousand, I think, in total here, um, just now adding to us. It, it's really important, um, you know, while giving them safe haven, um, that we can see the, the contribution they're making to the local community. Yeah. And it's one of the deficits of Brexit is we've had that ability to welcome in people from other European countries taken away. In fact, we've seen a drain. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about all the opportunities for Scotland going forward, it's really important we have the people here, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, it's fundamental. Um, it's fundamental not just for our private sector. Um, you know as well as I do, no matter which business it is you go and speak to, they're, they're crying out for, for labour, and that's despite Scotland having the uh, highest level of, of, uh, of, of uh, highest levels of employment and yeah. the lowest levels of, of unemployment across, across these islands. People, businesses need people, but the public sector needs people as well. Many of the challenges that our public sector faces, particularly in social care and the knock-on impact that has upon our health service comes from the, the fact that there's a, there's a lack of there's a lack of people here. We want, if you want more people to come to Scotland, we, we want to be a, a welcoming nation that grows not just our, our tax base, but our wealth of, of knowledge and, and the culture that, that people bring bring with them. That's that's an exciting thing. It's something which has been taken away from us. And we're, just briefly, when we're, when we're touching upon the situation in relation to, to, to refugees, I, I think one of the, the standout images in, in my mind at the moment is is when Hamza, uh, the, the photograph, which I think it was Neil put up on, on social media during the leadership contest of, of Hamza and the asylum seekers um, off, of a, off of a boat and how that contrasts so, so sharply with the rhetoric that comes from the... The Braverman Patel. Yeah, the, um, the absolute horror that, that, that yeah. comes out of their mouths. And uh, that, I, I want Scotland, I want Scotland to look like Hamza Yusuf, to, mm -hmm. to, to look like hel it's helping people to be helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be welcoming people for, for the value that they add to, to our society. I, I don't want to be taken down the, the right wing black hole that, mm -hmm. that you know, the, the Tories in Westminster are, are taking us down. I don't think and of course, you know, it, it's no point in looking across the, uh, the, the Chamber for Labour either because um, they've subscribed to almost exactly the same policies. They, they won't even get rid of the Rwanda yeah. um, proposition. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've seen it with Labour, you know, the Tories had the, the 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 tagline out stop the boats and Labour's tagline the next day was stop small boats. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, it's it's almost indistinguishable, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to jar with a lot of people in Scotland in the run up to, to that general election. Mm -hmm. The the fact that when it comes to the big issues, when it comes to migration, customs union membership, the single market, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to jar with people in Scotland in the run up to that general election because when it comes to the big issues of migration when it comes to the big issues of the economic challenges we face when it comes to single market access freedom of movement when it comes to scotland's constitutional future the the labor party and the conservative party do operate in tandem and i don't think it would come as a surprise to to anyone in certain parts of country to, to hear the the, the <laughs> band of getting back together and then the Tory well, Labour Party will be working together. Well, of course, we're, we're also in the day when we've had the revelation, it wasn't much of a revelation really, um, that Keir Starmer has admitted that he got rid of Leonard as the uh, the, the leader of the Scottish Labour Party, or should I say the branch manager? Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's not a branch office, but it is a branch office. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit tragic, is it not? Mm. If, if the, the Labour Party... Um, in, in Westminster can dictate to the Labour Party in Scotland what's going to happen. Could you imagine if there was more Labour, Labour MPs from, mm -hmm. from Scotland? They would, they would just be patsies, or mm -hmm. they've been in the past. That's, that's not what Scotland needs. Scotland needs 
representatives who are going to shout from the rooftops about the, yeah. the needs and demands of the people who live here and, and the opportunities that, that come with it, uh, which is why uh, which is why we need to return as many SNP pieces <laughs> as we can uh, next year. But we're a little bit biased in that regard. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it, let's talk about your reflections on being a leader in the House of Commons and you, um, you know, doing the likes of Prime Minister's questions and things like that. What what are you thinking of when you're looking across at um, Sunak and uh, the uh, and the Tory benches when you're when you're delivering your lines? Well, I think I got caught out on this, did I not? Um, when uh, the camera picked me up a few weeks ago, um, uh, I, famously, I, I, yes, I, infamously. I, need I think that. you were. I think you were trying to work out. Um, should we be polite and try to work out what Keir Starmer? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think that was that was uh, that was my reflection on. You know, you're sitting so close to it every week and and you've got Keir just missing open goal after open goal saying some very bizarre stuff and then you've got you've got Rishi coming back with Atom on in a, in a narrative which is almost irrelevant to, to people here here in Scotland so it leaves us a, a really a really big opportunity to to jump in with with both feet and make sure that they were landing our our points as as most appropriately as we possibly can. I think we've done a, a good job on that. I think there's a lot there's a lot of energy uh, in the chamber and certainly from the, the scowls and shouts that, that I'm I'm getting, but also from the silence yeah. um, of some Tory members as well. It's it's obvious that, that we're that we're doing the business. Um but we can't just do the business in the chamber. We've got to do the business back home as well. And that's that's important. It, indeed. But just before we leave the chamber we had um, deputies day, uh, yeah. prime minister's questions yeah. just before we broke up for recess and, uh, Mary Black had to step into the breach and she picked a subject, which was the uncovered by the lead by donkeys team, mm -hmm. uh, who did the sting operation on some Tory MPs trying yeah. to get 10 grand a day for uh, additional work. Yeah. Uh, if there's one person, you know, is going to land the question well and deliver it's, uh, it's Mary. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I was. I was quite glad that, that Mary was was stepping up that day because I'd perhaps uh, celebrated Scotland's victory over Spain <laughs> a little bit too much. Of on, course, yes, that on, was the night before we. Yeah, I think we covered this in the podcast uh, last on, week, on the Tuesday night. night. Uh, but I'm sure I, I can be forgiven for uh, yeah. for having a, a wee drama or two in celebration yeah. of that. But I, I thought Mary was 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 sensational, mm -hmm. and it showed the the chasm between the the two Westminster parties and mm -hmm. and you know and you know the SNP and what Mary was was able to do was was exceptional and having a front row seat to that was 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 brilliant and mm -hmm. uh not Mary is and, and, not really and I'll say this I thought it was a good signal that you'd even though it was deputies day that you'd come in and sat beside her because you know I think that was an important um you know a signal that we're we're all part of the same team yeah and, and it is it is about team um, and you know as well as I do that our folks uh colleagues in Westminster are supremely knowledgeable and supremely talented um, and they deserve, everyone mm. deserves the opportunity mm. to, to have the, the platform to, to get their mm. points across and yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it was enjoyable from my perspective to be able to sit there uh, and, and heckle a little bit <laughs> yeah. for a change as well. Uh, it was good. Not just a little bit, I think you were heckling quite a lot. Yeah, I was maybe yeah. enjoying myself. But... <laughs> and um, obviously, you know, we've, we've got a, to return to Westminster, before that you'll be doing more of these visits. Uh, yeah, the different constituencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's a, there's a plan. There's a plan for the, the coming months um, to, to get out and speak to and listen to and listen. And it's obviously a hugely important part of our job, too, isn't it? So we, we know the challenges that, that are facing facing folk. And it doesn't matter where you go at the moment. The cost of living crisis uh, is that's is the, the overriding that, concern that, 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 for that, people, that, isn't it? Yeah. That, that is that is yeah. the big challenge. And 
And, you know, that's, we, we've obviously not got the full levers at our disposal to, to address many of the, the problems that, that are in place. We've, we've put suggestions to, mm -hmm. to the UK government. They've, they've rejected them mostly out of hand, which, mm -hmm. which isn't helpful to, to anyone. But where we mm -hmm. do have the powers, you know, Hamza's stepped up already mm -hmm. um, by putting money directly back into the pockets of, of those who are, who are suffering, suffering the most, but doesn't it just prove to us once and for all that, that what we really need is the, the powers of an independent nation to, to ensure that folk living in energy-rich Scotland are in uh, living in fuel poverty. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as part of the, uh, the the future kind of prospectus for the group, what, what are your kind of ambitions for us to, to be able to, to kind of achieve before we, we face the, the next Westminster election, which could be any time uh, now between now and eighteen months from now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is this is a very it's a very simple thing for me. You know, we're 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 Scotland's voice on those dream benches. I'm always taken back to that that image in 2015 of the the bit of tartan over the over the green benches and I mean, oh, yeah, 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 was, yeah uh, that, that was yeah. that was in, that was your first election <laughs> exactly um, for for Westminster. Very successful one <laughs> it was for the party. But you know that that image kind of sticks in my mind a wee bit because that's what we are we're there to do. We need to be unashamed about it because mm -hmm. if, if we are not there speaking up for Scotland, if we are not there speaking up for the communities yeah. we represent, nobody will. And and a lot of people, you know, say you know if, if it's so difficult to get things done, why don't you just pack up and and come back? But it it you know we would lose the ability to to kind of make that voice heard if we if we did that, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 we are we have been given a a platform by by the Westminster establishment, by the British state to, to express our views. Well let's take let's take them up on that on that offer and let's be let's be unashamed about what we are we're talking about. Let's let's talk about the potential that Scotland has. Let's be positive about that. Let's do it with a smile on our face. But let's hold the Tories to account and indeed the Labour Party to account for for policies which which would leave Scotland behind. You know, mm -hmm. a very niche thing but it's an important thing is the Inflation Reduction Act in, in the States is going to drive green green renewal investment in, in North America. The European Union is is going to going to respond to that. Jeremy Hunt, who's who's scared to even talk about it because mm -hmm. ideologically he can't he can't quite process it. If we're not careful, Scotland will get left behind. So we need to be there talking about these things and putting our case as best as we possibly can for that extra next step of devolution to Scotland, but also ultimately, hopefully after a general election, using our, our own muscle to flex it a little bit to try and get that, that second uh, independence referendum to ensure that the powers for that mm -hmm. sit in Holyrood as opposed to in London. And of course, it's, you know, it's politics, it's being involved that actually allows that voice to yeah. be heard and move the, uh, the issue forward. Stephen, just th th let me. I think people will be interested. Let me just ask you. You know, in terms of what what you what are you what's your work life balance like? At the moment? <laughs> I thought that would get a laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, don't ask my wife. Um, it's uh, it's it's difficult, and th this is one of the this is why I've got such huge admiration for for Hamza and and you know I'm for Kate as well for putting themselves forward into a leadership position with with young kids. Um, because you, you're getting pushed and pull, pulled in, in all directions, but ultimately, you, you, like everyone else, you want to be home with your, with your family. Um, so getting getting that balance is is a, is a challenge, and then hopefully, hopefully over time we'll we'll figure it out a little bit better than than I kind of have it at the moment. Um, because ultimately, family comes first, and you don't get a second opportunity with your kids no. growing up. So, yeah, we'll 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 get there. Um, I'm, I'm sure of that. 
Uh, and you know, I'm I'm not alone on that journey. And do you still do you still get time? You know, in between making time with your family, do you still get time to watch football now and again? Apart from Scotland yeah, games, obviously, I, 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 well, I half get. of Scotland games because we're in the chamber for half of that. You know? Yeah, again, yeah. probably another sore point from from my, from my <laughs> wife uh, yeah. is, oh yeah, we're going to see the family in Dundee, and she knows that's a pretext for me disappearing for a couple of hours to go and see Dundee United get beat. Uh, which means I'm, uh, I'm in a pretty miserable mood every Saturday night. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's important to, to spend time doing things that, that, that you love and you like and, uh, spending time in this as well. I'm very fortunate because I've, there's a good band of folk I got the football with, um, good guys and they're, they're not wanting to sit and talk about politics. They're wanting to sit and talk about, uh, just, just normal things that happen. And it's quite refreshing. It's to important to have that. Yeah. To keep you, yeah. Keeps you, keep you sane and grounded. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's always it's always enjoyable as well when you turn up at Tannery and Douglas Ross is, is running the line. It means you can uh, perhaps express, <laughs> express yourself in a way you wouldn't get to do that. You do that in the chamber anyway, don't you? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. uh, Stephen, uh, thank you very much for joining the Scotland's Choice uh, podcast. You may have noticed some background noise. That's because we're recording this live out in the constituency as opposed to in the studio, um, as we would normally try and do. But um, hopefully you've enjoyed our chat with uh, Stephen. We'll be uh, back with another special before we return to the Westminster Roundup. So uh, please listen out for our future episodes of Scotland's Choice. If you want to get um, some previous episodes, then you can find them at scotlandschoice.scot. Thank you for listening.